Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wood Radio's Flowerland Garden Show is on the air on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And good morning, my friends, across the fruited and rooted plain. It's the Flowerland Show on your Saturday morning. Rick Doug Christie left to right across your radio dial and at the controls this morning. Award-winning engineer, producer extraordinaire, John Ilk. And behind the glass is Dusty Miller. Rick Doug Christie on your Saturday morning 20 years ago. Today, New York City, Washington, Pennsylvania, our country were irrevocably changed by the terrorist attacks on September 11. Nearly 3,000 people lost their lives in the strikes against the Twin Towers at the World Trade Center, the Pentagon in Washington, D.C., and the crash of United Airlines Flight 93 outside of Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Thousands suffered injuries. Both towers crumbled, covering the streets of lower Manhattan in a thick blanket of gray dust and a haunting silence that followed with a devastating realization no more survivors would be coming through hospital doors. Instead, what was left was an immeasurable loss that continues to reverberate today. Terrorists had attacked and hijacked with four commercial jets that morning on the East Coast. Two had flown into the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center in Manhattan and another into the Pentagon in Washington. But for an uprising among passengers on the first plane which crashed in a Pennsylvania field, Possibly the U.S. Capitol, White House, or some other Washington target may have been hit. Each day we remember the victims, the families, the survivors dealing with loss, the men and women of our armed services, firefighters, police officers, first responders, recognizing the lasting consequences of 9-11 on individual lives then and throughout the past 20 years and in the years moving forward. On today's show, one of the ways we remember is from beneath those ruins, 9-11 rescue workers found an extensively damaged yet still alive calorie pear tree. Its roots and limbs were snapped, trunk blackened by smoldering rubble and yet was still alive. Small tree was moved from ground zero, sent to a nursery in the Bronx, 
rehabilitated and now today produces seed for the Survivor Tree Seedling Program. In partnership with Bartlett Tree Experts of Stamford, Connecticut and the John Bowne High School in the Flushing neighborhood of Queens, communities now benefit for, from trees grown from this parent tree. The Survivor Tree, a calorie pear. That tree stands for hope and resiliency even today on the 9-11 memorial site in New York City. Today we remember, as all of America and the world remembers. Coming up on today's show, we'll talk to David McMaster in New York City, coming up at the 10 o'clock hour, and we'll talk about the Survivor Tree Seedling Program, and remember what happened 20 years ago and other communities that have endured tragedy over the last 20 years and are remembered through this wonderful program. That's coming up on today's show. Doug Christie, good morning. Uh, good to see you. Good morning. Good morning. Today, uh, a day that we remember, and uh, 20 years. Well. Let's not forget the 2,400 service members who voluntarily sacrificed their lives to bring justice to the United States after this event either. Exactly. Over the past 20 years, all the men and women who have served in our armed services uh, as we moved forward from that, uh, that tragic day 20 years ago. You're so right, Christy. Our number here on the Flowerland Show is 616-774-2424, 616 616- Seven seven four twenty four twenty four. We've got a lot to cover today, and of course, I know you have things on your mind also. Uh, as we remember today, we'd love to hear from you here on the Flowerland Show. Also, guys, coming up at uh, 9.30 this morning, we'll check in with our friend Tom Molker, Molker Orchards. Uh, you pick apples. Uh, that's kicking off now. It's that time of the year. I've heard some ugly whisperings about apple crops. Yeah, you know, I'm that, a little nervous. It's been in the news this past week, exactly. And I think what we're going to do is we're just going to get the uh, we're going to get the story from Tom and find out what the deal is on this year's apple crop. Of course, we talked to him here on the Flowerland Show earlier this spring when we dealt with some pretty heavy frosts, and now the, uh, the harvest has arrived. We'll talk, to, uh, we'll talk to Tom Molker and see where we're at with that. Again, also whatever is on your mind, 616-774-2424. Dusty Miller will take your call, and we will um, we'll chat with you because, as we've talked, blog post at myflowerland.com. And by the way, Look for Flowerland in social media, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, posted a picture that I took of the survivor tree at the Memorial Plaza. Uh, posted that there along with um, information on our interview coming up at 10 o'clock with David McMaster in New York this morning. Uh, also make sure to look at the blog post there at myflowerland.com. Dig drop done. Dig drop done, uh, it's as easy as that for spring flowering bulbs. Now's the time to plant tulips, hyacinths, daffodils. Put spring flowering bulbs in the ground. New blog post right there 
at myflowerland.com. And if you'd like to be part of our weekly newsletter and information and links to the blog post, make sure to sign up there also at myflowerland.com. We're going to take a break here on the Flowerland Show. Our number is 616-774-2424. We'd love to hear from you this morning. 616-774-2424. It's Rick, Doug, Christie on your Saturday morning. Stay tuned. It's Open Lawn Saturday, and the Flowerland Garden Show is taking your calls now at 616-774-2424. Now more of Wood Radio's Flowerland Garden Show. It's the Flowerland Show, your Saturday morning. Good morning to you. Rick Dog Christie here on Wood Radio. Our number is 616-774-2424. Give us uh, a call here on the Flowerland Show this morning as we remember. Coming up at the top of the hour, David McMaster from New York City. We'll talk about the Survivor Tree Seedling Program here on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Today also is uh, Farmers Consumer Awareness Day. I don't know if you guys knew that, but uh, awareness of what it is the farmers do for us. I'm well aware. I live in the middle of it. Oh, I know that. <laughs> I, I know that. But They wake you up at 5 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday because they're driving tractors down the road. <laughs> But some people need to be reminded, Christy, and uh, as a matter of fact, a great way to do that is to go to a farmer's market, pick out some of that fresh produce at this time of the year. Uh, yeah. The I, tomatoes in abundance right now. It's I, been a great growing season. I famously remember the, the teacher who classed her class, where does hamburger come from? And all the kids said, from the store. That's right. <laughs> Well, it's uh, Farmers Consumer Awareness Day. As a matter of fact, it all began in 19... Coming in occurrence on the radio, it was about a woman who confronts the grocer about the seemingly high cost of food items. And not knowing anything about farming, she couldn't imagine the great and wonderful job that farmers did. And, of course, Paul Harvey, just uh, an amazing guy. Always loved listening to him and his stories. Uh, basically started Farmers Consumer Awareness Day. And a Quincy farmer was listening that day uh, and took action and uh, basically got this going uh, so that people would know about the special people behind uh, agriculture. Well, you talk about tomatoes. You know, we we put in five or six plants and we love them and we baby them and we take care of them and we know what goes into taking care of those five or six plants. Now imagine doing that on a scale of 20 or 30 acres. Well, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And as a matter of fact, we will uh, we will be talking about one of those special people behind agriculture coming up at the bottom of the hour, Tom Molker, Molker Orchards. And of course, uh, fruit production here in West Michigan, uh, very, very important uh, to our economy, but uh, also just our community and the work that they do uh, producing those apples and other fruit uh, fruit items. 616-774-2424, our number here on the Flowerland Show. Also this past week, is your neighborhood a key to a long life? People who live on tree-lined blocks have fewer heart problems. Now that's interesting. 
I live in the mm. woods. What does that say? You have means no heart. Means you're in good shape, yeah. I guess. <laughs> no heart problems. Yeah. Apparently, Green Acres uh, really is the place to be, Christy. <laughs> and uh, new research reveals that people who live in tree-lined neighborhoods with an abundance of, they're calling it greens. So, Except when those little things start falling, then our heart. Blood pressure all goes up, you know. Uh, you mean the bugs the, the or leaves, the acorns? The leaves come oh, down. Oh, the leaves. Oh, no, no, you, know. you jump into piles of them. Don't you oh. still do- With rates of uh, heart disease. And so a study of 243,000 Americans age 65 or older uh, who lived in the Miami area. How many leaves do you get in the Miami area? Yeah, really. Area? Oh, you get a lot of palm foliage. trees. Yeah, palm trees. A lot Those of aren't foliage. real leaves. We, oh, we yes. live in the north. We They're know what beautiful. real leaves are. <laughs> They're beautiful. But anyhow, a uh, five-year study and uh, found via medical records that heart disease, heart failure, high blood pressure strokes were, uh, were less for people who lived in tree-lined blocks and neighborhoods. I you, thought that you, that was really interesting. You know what the best leaf piles to jump in are? No, tell us. Maple One, ones that other people raked up. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, sure. 616-774-2424, our number here on the Flowerland Show. That's true. We're also looking forward to spring. And again, as I mentioned uh, on the blog post, on the blog post, uh, the uh, uh, story about Dig Drop Done, Dig Drop Done planting bulbs at this time of the year so that you'll be able to Enjoy those beautiful flowers next spring. And now's the time of year we do that. Coming up at the uh, top of the hour, we're going to talk to David McMaster about the Survivor Tree Seedling Program. Of course, guys, I uh, the times that I've been to New York City and uh, visited the uh, memorial there where the Twin Towers stood, uh, it is moving. Uh, it is uh uh, just an amazing place that that moves you and causes you. Uh, it does exactly what it's supposed to do. It causes us to remember what happened twenty years yep. every time. It uh, it brings you to tears, and uh, it's um, it's good to remember like that. And the tree that we'll talk to David McMaster about. Uh, I've taken some pictures of the tree stood next to it. The survivor tree. That was pulled from the rubble. Uh, Doug, a calorie pear or a Bradford pear. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the interesting story behind pear trees and these ornamental pear trees is that from the 1960s to the 1990s, these trees were planted everywhere. everywhere. I mean, it's a, the ubiqu- it became the ubiquitous street tree of America's post-war suburban expansion. And we experienced that here up in the studio in spring when you're up here on the ninth floor and you look out over the city of Grand Rapids when they're in bloom in spring Doug uh, the the white blooming trees dotting the landscape are everywhere well and we thought it was a perfect tree I mean it was a it and we did we we sold a lot of trees we planted a lot of trees and there's a lot of trees planted in every city well and 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 they are the perfect tree till they get really really old then they start to have issues like but, the rest of us but you know they're they're narrow grown somewhat narrow grown yep. they got a nice shape they got great spring color but the fall color lasts oh, forever you nailed it Doug exactly the fall color is unreal yeah. and and it's beautiful in november yeah 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 so, so you right. know uh, but the flowers are a love hate thing you either love the smell of the flowers or you hate it 
those that's a love hate thing, but they are beautiful to look at. From a at. distance, they're great. Oh yes, Get they're close, beautiful. maybe not so much, but even that we can tolerate that well, even because in, of the seasons of color they have. As weird as it sounds, when the little white petals fall to the ground, even that's pretty. were built in the '60s, and it was that period of the 1960s to the 1990s that the Callery pear or Bradford pear uh, was extensively planted throughout the United States and in our neighborhoods. It's, it's weird that a pear was the survivor tree when we think of oaks as being the mighty trees, not pears. <laughs> yeah, this tree survived and was pulled from the rubble, and we'll talk to David McMaster about that, get the story uh, behind that and the Survivor Seed Project. David is calling us this morning from Door. David, good morning. You are on the Flowerland Show. Hey, good morning, kids. Quick question for you. I got a magnolia tree, and uh, I've been a little busy the last couple of years and haven't uh, pruned it, and it's gotten a little out of hand. Can I give that thing a good haircut? Well, you can, but you're going to be sacrificing something. Oh, my blooms in the... In exactly. The- yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you can always probably start seeing some little buds on the end of those tips already, so... Oh, I... All kinds of buds on yep. those tips. Yep. But, so uh, yeah, as long as you know going into that. I can trim it back. Is that a pretty uh, hardy uh, tree? That uh, oh, Just like any other cut. woody plant, Dave, you can cut back as far as you want, and it will uh, it will stimulate new branches out. That's the key uh, right there. crossing yeah. branches. Exactly. Yep, correct. And oh, I, would... I wanted to let you kids know, too, last year I talked to you about trimming my... Uh, Oh, it's a, a little Japanese uh, kind of, all oh, those trees that, uh, dang it, what are they called? The little Japanese cherry where they got, they, they kind of look like. Um, oh, weeping cherry? Oh, yeah, weeping cherry. Thank you very yep. much. And you said I could whack it, and I whacked it really good. My buddy thought I killed it. And Yeah, don't, <laughs> uh, don't be afraid to prune. David, thanks for your call. Appreciate that. And it's a good reminder, you know, today we walk around with smartphones. Why not throw into your phone for next year around the time when these trees are done blooming like magnolia or whatever, like we always talk about on this program, that's the time to prune them right after they're done blooming. Yeah, but I think even some of those trees, you know, I mean, uh, the call is well because uh, we're going to go into that time where the trees start to lose their leaves. We talked about the dormant pruning or yes. pruning when you can see the branch structure. Right. That's Absolutely. really helpful, especially with some of these varieties that have bigger foliage or more foliage. Just to see what you were because talking about, the crossover. There's nothing over. like getting smacked in the face with a bunch of leaves while you're trying to prune. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, really the proper time is to prune is to add. Yeah, sometimes I want to see the branch structure as well. And I think, you know, just going back and eliminate some of those branches better than just doing all that tip pruning, which which I see a lot of people do. And that's not necessarily that's not the way to do That's probably a good it. way to do it, no. You got it. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we'll talk to Tom Molker. Molker Orchards, a lot in the news this past week about the Apple production the apple harvest and what it's going to be like compared to the past few years we'll get the story from tom molker molker orchards and then at the top of the hour 10 o'clock david mcmaster from new york city we'll talk about that calorie pear that was pulled from the rubble at the base of the twin towers 20 years ago the news is next stay tuned you're tuned in to the Flowerland show here on wood radio It's Open Lawn Saturday, and the Flowerland Garden Show is taking your calls now at 616-774-2424. Now more of Wood Radio's Flowerland Garden Show.
All right. Thank you for joining us here on the Flowerland Show on a beautiful Saturday morning. Of course, we remember that uh, that morning 20 years ago uh, today, a uh, day very similar to today, clear skies and, uh, and beautiful. And all of us, of course, remember where we were when we started to hear the news of uh, what had happened that tragic day. With us on the live line this morning is uh, Tom Molker, Molker Orchards. And Tom, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Doing well today. Tom, I'm sure you remember where you were 20 years ago today and, uh, uh, and how, the, uh, how the events struck you. Where, where were you? With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I was actually uh, setting apple bins out in the orchard so that we could start picking Macintosh, and it was a crazy thing because I was in a, a borrowed tractor that had a cab and a radio, which I didn't have of my own. Oh. Uh, on my own tractor. So all morning long, all day long, that's all, that's all I heard all day long was uh, the coverage of uh, 9-11. And uh, it was a somber day. Yeah, yeah, very somber day. No, uh, no question about that. Uh, Tom, uh, this past week, a lot of news about the apple harvest this year and how the apple harvest at least has been reported in the news is being down from last year. What's the story? I know we talked to you this spring when we had some pretty hard frosts, and of course uh, all our uh, fruit farmer friends here in the area dealing with that back in April and May. How did your harvest turn out? Well, we're getting started on it, and... uh... There are a few varieties that are are lighter. Um, some of our early varieties were lighter, but uh, we're hitting the main mainstream stuff now, and things look really good. Um, the apple crop is down a, a, a certain little percentage, but on the whole, it's not going to be hard to find Michigan apples uh, this fall and winter. Um, there are plenty to go around. Yeah, that's essentially what I'm seeing, Tom, is uh, you know, many times when I leave uh, the Alpine flower land, for example, and I'm going to head towards the lakeshore instead of getting 
on the expressway, I like to like jump on four mile. And those trees appear to be loaded with apples. I don't think that this is something that the typical person looking to buy some apples for an apple pie is going to necessarily feel or it's going to affect them. Am I correct in that? No, there's going to be plenty of plenty of apples to go around. Um, we're starting picking galas right now, and we've got you picked today, and the trees are just loaded, just heavy with them. Uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, it looks like a beautiful crop. We, we'd like to have a little cooler weather than we're having here, but cool nights and sunny days make nice color on apples, and that helps them to mature. So, But, uh, no, the fruit we've got looks really good. Um, like I said, there's... There are certain varieties or certain blocks of apples that are a little light this year, but on the whole, I think the quality and so is going to be very good. Fantastic. Talking to Tom Molker, Molker Orchards. As, of as course, long as uh, my Macintosh and my Granny Smiths aren't affected, I'm a happy camper. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can be a happy camper then. Yay! You have both of those. <laughs> as long as you're still making those delicious donuts, Tom, I think that's that's you the want critical the issue here. Yeah, right? <laughs> donuts and a cup oh, of coffee you know, or cider. No, a nice fresh apple with that little up. caramel dippy stuff. Oh, that's good stuff. <laughs> the donut crop never freezes in the spring. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for our listeners, Tom, what kind of a growing, you know, you've done this for many years. Uh, what kind of growing season was 2021 what was what was the season like in your opinion um started out with some frost obviously and and that did some damage but i think at least here not nearly as much as we initially thought um but it has been a dry summer we've had a couple of real real downpours real uh wet rain periods but on the whole um August has been very dry, and we're blessed to have irrigation on most of our stuff here, so we can help that out. Um, but I think that uh, fruit flavor is really good. Dry seasons make for a nice sweet fruit, so that will be good. Um, and sunshine now, uh, good finish on the fruit, good uh, good color, and I think the quality is very good. Um, a lot of the growers have irrigation now, so we can compensate for that lack of rain. and. Uh, I think that the season is, you know, we've overcome some of the some of the pitfalls, some of the hard stuff, but I think we're going to come out with a really nice crop. What about the other fruit aside from apples? For example, peaches. What kind of year has it been, Tom? Peaches have been really good this year, really nice. Um, typically don't lose peaches very quickly to frost in the spring. We lose those more often to really cold temperatures in the winter, so... The peach crop was good. Um, pear crop was very light this year. I, around the state, um, everybody I talked to, except for just a couple growers who had good crops, but a lot of a lot of growers had a very light pear crop. Cherry crop was just about non-existent for us, the sweet cherry crop. But uh, there were cherries around, maybe more so up north than down here, where we bloomed a little earlier and got some frost damage. But uh, so yeah, kind of a mixed bag on the other stuff. Yeah, and you know, uh, Tom, you know me, uh, the uh, pear crop, that really doesn't bother me yeah. too much. I'm really not into pears. <laughs> you don't I like mean. the texture, do you? But there will be no partridge in a pear tree for <laughs> Christmas then. You know, when you bite into a pear, it's like, you know, when you're on the beach and you get beach sand in your mouth when you're having <laughs> That's how a snack. I feel snack. about radishes. I like pears. I don't like radishes. <laughs> <laughs> now, Tom, do you grow corn too? Um, sweet corn. 
Yep, yep. That season is pretty much finished up for us now. How was that and, uh, for you this year? It, it was a good season for that. Once again, uh, kind of depended on when you got the rain. Um, our our middle of the season patches looked really good because we got that big downpour in August. The later one was a little smaller ears, but good quality and there again, good flavor. Um, grow a lot of pumpkins and kind of seeing the same thing. They could really have used the rain in the last few weeks. I mean, they're going to be good quality and everything. They don't, we won't be probably quite as big as some years, but uh, there's a lot of pumpkins out there too. Yeah, the pumpkins I always, look good. Yeah. I always find I overestimate my need for a big pumpkin, though, because you go out and you pick the most massive pumpkin you can find, but then you got to clean that thing out and cover it. And I'm thinking, I should have gotten one a little bit smaller than this. <laughs> well, yeah, they're yep, yep. 80 or 90% water content. Yeah, so yeah. it's really easy to overpick your pumpkin. Tom, from your perspective, uh, a lot of what affects the harvest is uh, the amount of rain or lack of rain that we get during the month of August. Is Would that be a factual statement? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of when the fruit is finishing and putting its last growth on. Um, so that's when it's really important also for next year's crop because the trees are putting buds on for next year's crop in July and August. And if those trees are stressed from lack of water, they won't put as many fruit buds on for next year. So that's uh, that's that's really important from year to year. I mean, you're looking at next year's crop already being set in July and August of this year. Yeah, and that's a great point for folks who are growing fruit in their backyard or a few fruit trees, the importance of that water there during the growing season as we plan ahead for next year. Tom, I know you're a busy guy. You're going to have a busy day, so I'm going to let you go. What apples are we picking today? We're picking galas today. If somebody wants to come out, then that's Mm -hmm. the apples that they can pick. Beautiful. Absolutely, and they're beautiful. Beautiful. Molker Orchards, his name is Tom Molker. Uh, Tom, thank you for being a friend and joining us here on the Flowerland Show, sharing with uh, our listeners. We look forward to the fall season. Hope you have a great fall harvest season. Well, thanks so much, and you guys have a fruitful day. We will, Tom, and thank you very much. Tom Molker, Molker Orchards. We're going to take a break here on the Flowerland Show. If you've been thinking of calling, you got a question, comment, now's a good time to call Dusty Miller, 616-774-2424. That's 616-774-2424. Coming up at the top of the hour, we're going to talk to David McMaster in New York City about the Survivor Tree Seedling Program, the Bradford pear that survived the World Trade Center attacks, is rehabilitated and uh, now produces seed for trees that are sent out and planted around the world. We'll talk to David McMaster about that at the top of the hour. Your calls after the break. Stay tuned. If you plant it, mow it, or grow it, they know it. Now, more of Rick, Doug, and Christy and the Flowerland Garden Show on Wood Radio. Well, get ready. Plant music is uh, coming your way. That's right, plant music. The uh, story was sent to me by a friend this past week. Uh, Plants creating music. Uh, This has been around for some time, but... Now consumer versions of the invention are coming along. Sensors that 
issues small signals through a plant, measure variations in electrical resistance between two points, related to how much water is between those two points. The water moves around while the plant is photosynthesizing that creates music. And will be available to you'll be able to get it on your smartphone, Doug. (laughs) All right. Download that plant music. Oh yeah. Pitch messages coming from a plant. It'll be like that. What was that? Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where the ship came and did all the little flashing lights and made music, and it was the aliens communicating. (laughs) And they take those signals and they work with them to make them harmonious. So I would say that music comes naturally. (laughs) With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Fake music. They're, they're, they're taking the sounds and making them into music. Fake music. I was down uh, in Florida a couple of years ago, uh, University of Florida. Uh, there were some folks there that showed me uh, how they clip on these. Uh, they, they actually put these clamps on the foliage and uh, create music. Hmm. With these plants, so soon your house plant. Somebody's will be paying able. for that study, Doug. Yeah. <laughs> to entertain you. There you go. Let's go to the phone lines. Gloria from Wyoming this morning. Gloria, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Thank you. How can I we help you, Gloria? Two, I have two hardy Old Testament lilies, and one of them needs to be transplanted to a brighter location. But this last winter, the stem stayed really strong and straight for a long time, and I'm really unsure of when it would be safe to dig those plants up well fall is a good time to do that uh fall is the perfect time to move many plants and provided you've got decent drainage and usually in the wyoming area if i recall correctly you have generally with the parent soil there pretty good drainage Uh, so as long as you don't have clay soil uh fall would be a great time to do that gloria later on in september or in october oh great Okay, later on, September or October. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, when we're out there uh, planting our bulbs, and again, the blog post at myflowerland.com, dig, drop, done, 
this is the time of year when we're planting aliums and crocus and tulips, hyacinths, daffodils. Uh, you could do the same with your lily, Gloria. And it's a good time to okay. refresh in your soil as well. I mean, Rick talks about the soil that you have there, but, you know, it's a great time to refresh and to give it a little charge, you know. Sometimes the soils get a little tired. So as you're moving your plants, transplanting your plants, uh, incorporate some of the, the better soils in with the parent soil. Okay. Would it be safe to cut those stalks off before I make that change of location? Uh, yes, absolutely. You would cut the stalks off. Are they green right now, Gloria? Oh, yeah. Very green, very straight. Yeah. So um, what you do is you allow that plant to photosynthesize uh, it like any other plant photosynthesizes on gorgeous days like today. And then soon, as they prepare for winter, they send uh, food reserves uh, into the base, into the bulb, into the root system. And uh, so just allow that foliage to be nice and green, but as it starts to yellow or freeze, uh, and we get into October, uh, you'll clip that off, and it's a great time to dig it up and move it. So your timing is good. Thanks for your call. Appreciate it. Ryan is next, calling from Grand Rapids. Ryan, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Ryan, staying grounded. What's going on? Hey, um... I want to know what, how red thread comes in your lawn and what do you do to get rid of it? Do you have to fertilize to grow it out? Red, red thread is an indication, and a lot of times it's because of, like we, got, we talked to Tom Oker, we get heavy rains and it leaches all the nutrients to the soil, but red thread is an indication that you lack nitrogen. That's one of nitrogen. The, yeah, okay. that's one of the first things that we look at when somebody has a, a moderate, mild to moderate case of red thread is, hey, we just fertilize, just a straight lawn food, no herbicides or anything, but just a straight lawn food to push that growth, get the grass out of it. If you had a really severe case of red thread where the grass was actually dying, then we'd recommend um, putting on some sort of disease control. But at this point in the year, fertilizing is probably your best bet. Okay, because I had put down some 12-12-12, and I, you know, I got patches of it, and um, I'm just kind of surprised that I have it this well, year. Well, keep, keep in I mind that... Most most turf foods need to be fed four to six times a year to be happy, depending on the type of grass you have. Well, and when we get really gully washer rainfall, then it leaches those nutrients past the root zone, and the grass can't take it up anymore. And yeah, the other okay. issue, Ryan, is that uh, you know it's not necessarily surprising because, as we discussed with Tom Molker earlier, it was hot and dry in August for many people, and if it's hot and dry right. and growth slows, Christy. That's when we start to see red thread because Ryan pointed out well there that many times we cut the problem out when we're able to get the grass to grow. We started seeing red thread at the end of June already in a lot of lawns. Um, July only made it worse. And then August has just kind of added to the icing to the cake. But yeah, 12-12-12 is one of those things that's a real quick jolt. The problem is, is that because of the type of nitrogen that's in 12-12-12, it's only good for about two to four weeks and then it's gone. So then we're right back in that boat again. (laughs) Okay. All right. Because this is my fifth application, obviously, and I've been doing it every four weeks, and I'm probably pushing it. But like you said, dude, I'm right on then with every four weeks. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, then- and I would guess in this situation, it's not your fault, Ryan. It was the weather. It's it's environmentally okay. caused. Right. Okay. The, the good news is, is you might not see it again for two or three years, depending on the weather we have. Right. Okay. And I'm all sand where I'm at, so I know the nutrients probably just go right through it. Yeah, sand does not hold you know, sand so. does not hold nutrients right. very well. So then we really it's a good thing that right. you're keeping up on your fertilizing program like you are. 
Okay. All right. Great information. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much, Ryan. Appreciate that. Susan's calling from Ada this morning. Susan, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Good morning, Rick. I agree with you about those pears. They're gross. <laughs> They're only good for pitching at your siblings, right? <laughs> you know, we're going to upset some people by saying that, Susan, but I can't help it. I'm just not into pears. <laughs> yeah, You're not into well, bananas I to... either. I know. <laughs> uh, How do you feel about bananas, Susan? <laughs> I love bananas. See, there you go. They're good for you. <laughs> yeah, good for leg cramps. Um, I wanted to suggest if anybody wants to go apple picking to head up to Beaver Island. Okay. Uh, we went up. We went up there last weekend. And actually, we flew up there last weekend, and uh, Saturday was not a good day for flying, so we decided to drive around the island. And there are apple trees everywhere, and I couldn't get anybody to explain to me apple trees. You could. I'm sorry. Your call broke. Your call is breaking up, Susan. You couldn't get anyone to explain what. We're having problems. Why there's so many apples? Well, see, a lot of people plant apple trees for wildlife, especially deer. And a lot of times, if you're in an area where there's hunters, they'll plant apple trees randomly to help attract deer to the area. Right, but of course, you have a very small population on Beaver Island. I mean, it's only about 13 miles long. Uh, and uh, and not many people on that island, but it must be that uh, there in Charlevoix County, uh, it's a good place to grow apples, I guess. So interesting. Thanks for your call. Appreciate it. Uh, real quickly, Patty calling from Rockford this morning. Patty, good morning. You're on the good Flowerland Show. This is an interesting call, too. Um, in the spring, our lilac bush had a few leaves on it, and they turned black, and they dropped, and mm-hmm. I thought somebody poisoned it. I don't know why, but anyway... <laughs> Two weeks ago, the whole thing's blooming. We got new leaves. We got lilacs. Mm-hmm. Is that strange? Will it live? It's weirdness, but it, it, it's not unheard of. It's not. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I is. still have got lilac. I was going to text you the pictures. Well, hold on a minute. So, if this happened in spring and the foliage turned black, it 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 was a frost issue, right? Probably. Probably. Yeah. yeah environmental. And and when we get those spring frosts, like we talked about with Tom Mulker, uh, these plants are able to relief. Rather quickly. It's it, amazing. Well, they have to. They have to. they want to grow. Exactly. You know? It sounds like it reset its whole time clock. So. Yeah. yeah. It did. It so, did. It's, it's just really funny. To yeah, so next spring you'll have a few less. Yeah. Be prepared for next spring. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Be prepared for next spring to have less flowers because the thing, it kind of did its flower thing now and it has, it. the time it'll have to set buds before next spring will be shortened. So you'll have fewer flowers, but the plant relieved and it survived. And that's the important part. Absolutely. So what would happen if I would fertilize it? Would that help? That would be great. That would help a lot, Patty. As a matter of fact, fall, because the soil is warm, even though the plant above ground is shutting down, is a great time to fertilize woody plants like a lilac or a tree uh, as we head into September and October. So no problem. Perfect. Thank you. I just wanted to share the mysteries of Rockford. All right. Thanks, Patty. (laughs) Appreciate that. Coming up at the top of the hour, David McMaster. We'll talk to him from New York. We're going to talk about the Survivor Tree Seedling Program, the Bradford Pear that was pulled from the rubble at the World Trade Center attacks 20 years ago. We'll talk to David about that and the work that's being done in the Survivor Tree Seedling Program. That's next after the news here on Wood Radio. The news is next. Stay tuned.
Wood Radio's Flowerland Garden Show is on the air on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Good morning, my friends, across the fruited and rooted plain. It's the Flowerland Show on your Saturday morning. Rick Doug Christie left to right across your radio dial, award-winning engineer, producer extraordinaire. John Ilk is at the controls and Dusty Miller behind the glass. It's the Flowerland Show on your Saturday morning, kicking off this second hour of the program. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. We're going to talk about the Survivor Tree Seedling Program weeks after 9-11. A recovery worker at Ground Zero found a, a flicker of life, the World Trade Center, the plaza there, a calorie pear tree. And this uh, bedraggled plant, uh, missing most of its branches and clinging to a few faded leaves, was sent to a Parks Department nursery in the Bronx where Arborist coaxed it back to health, and in 2010, the survivor tree, as it's known, was planted at the 9-11 Memorial Plaza. It's home again at the World Trade Center and cared for by Bartlett tree experts. The uh, survivor tree now thrives and is a national symbol of hope and resiliency. Joining us on the live line this morning from New York, David McMaster. He's the Vice President, Division Manager for Bartlett Tree Experts there on the East Coast. David, good morning. Thanks for joining us on the Flowerland Show. Good morning, Rick. I'm pleased to be with you. I know, David, here in West Michigan uh, this morning, the skies, the weather, very similar to what it was uh, 20 years ago. Uh, Same for you this morning? Eerily so. I've been watching the events uh, being memorialized on television, and it's uh, a very similar day, and uh, it's always a, a very uh, moving day. Yes, it is. Especially today with a 20-year anniversary. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, David, uh, 
Take us to the beginning here first with the calorie or Bradford pear that we're talking about and the Survivor Tree Seedling Project. And again, folks, uh, we are talking to David McMaster, Vice President, Division Manager for Bartlett Tree Experts. Uh, David, first of all, by the way, uh, to make sure that I am correct in this, Bartlett Tree Experts uh, is involved in the care of both the survivor tree on the plaza and the swamp oaks that are planted there on the memorial. Is that correct? Yes, we've maintained those plants since they were installed. All right. So take us to the point first, initially, where the tree was uh, removed from the rubble. Give us some of the story there of this Bartlett tree, or or rather this uh, Bradford tree that was pulled uh, out of the rubble. Certainly. As we all know, there were many, many people from different walks of life that helped in the uh, recovery efforts at the at, at, at the plaza. A gentleman named Ron Vega was working what they called a pile and noticed a, a few branches protruding from the rubble. Uh, after further investigation, they found that uh, that it was one of the remaining calorie pears that was actually, uh, it, it's a Bradford pear, and it was originally part of the entranceway, and it was in an above-ground planter. And Ron uncovered it uh, with some of his co-workers, and it ultimately ended up at um, Van Cortland Park, which is up in the Bronx. And New York City Parks Department has a nursery there where they cultivate plants. The arborists up at the Van Cortland Park Nursery uh, did a wonderful job in maintaining that tree until its return to the plaza once uh, the um, the pools were were dug and they were starting to install trees. Uh, and as you pointed out, uh, Rick, they're all uh, swamp white oak, with the exception of the one Bradford pear. So it is a very unique tree in the sense that it's uh, it's the one of a kind there. It's actually known uh, as the last living thing to be taken off the memorial. So that tree was installed in the memorial. And it was through the winter of uh, 2010 into 2011, which would have marked the 10th anniversary. And once it was installed in the memorial, uh, fruit were taken or was taken from the tree. And uh, the seeds were coaxed out of the fruit and the resulting some 420 um, seedlings that developed are what we as it relates to the survivor tree program as as it's known today so bartlett tree had been maintaining the swamp trees that had not yet been moved into the uh, the 911 plaza and the survivor tree seedlings were also a part of that nursery once uh, things started to move and the Honestly, the uh, the survivor trees were getting too large for us to maintain because of the number of them, and we were really set up to maintain the larger trees, the swamp white oak trees, not uh, container-grown plants. So we were uh, at a, a client seminar, and the head of our research department at that point, uh, Dr. Bruce Frederick, came up with the idea 
that we needed to partner with uh, a regional uh, collaborator, and uh, he suggested that we use the John Bound School because we already had a partnership growing trees there with them. So we moved the trees to the John Bound School, and the very first uh, thing that we did uh, was we upsized the trees into uh, larger containers. We built a hoop house uh, to uh, protect the trees, installed an irrigation system, and the process started in conjunction with the 9-11 Memorial, the New York City Department of Education, and Bartlett Tree Experts to donate trees as directed by the 9-11 Memorial to uh, various groups, memorials. Uh, the memorial itself chooses three or four recipients every year uh, to give a uh, survivor treat to. And when you look back at, uh, you know, if we started this in 2013, we had what ended up being over 500 trees, and I'll get into that how that grew in a moment, but if we maintain the rate of giving away three trees per year, we would have, uh, these trees would, would have been 30 feet tall, and uh, it just would be impractical for us to be able to really move those trees around and donate them. So sure. what we did was we looked for ways to give away the trees in and around the New York City area, and it became very clear that the folks that uh, that helped out uh, in the 9/11 um, aftermath, the the folks, the, uh, the the what what they refer to as uh, the responders, they were the recipients that ended up with many many of the trees. Hundreds of trees were given to firehouses, memorials in towns, um, police departments, and so on. And uh, we've been a part of of that distribution, which has been very widespread since 2013. The first tree we actually gave away was uh, on September 12th, 2013, and that was donated to the Mets at City Field. Mm. And it was quite an elaborate presentation. Uh, Myself and students from the school were down on the field uh, with with the players, and uh, this was pre-game. And uh, we donated a tree to them, and uh, that launched the program. And after that, uh, that particular year, trees went to Far Rockaway, uh, Prescott, Arizona, and Boston because of the Boston Marathon sure, sure. bombing. And yeah. then we've, we've given away trees ever since then. That's fantastic. We are talking to David McMaster from New York. Uh, he is the vice president division manager for Bartlett Tree Experts, talking about the survivor tree, which is thriving uh, on the Memorial Plaza, a national symbol of hope and resiliency. And by the way, as David uh, mentioned, uh, if you'd like to take a look at that list, it's available at 911memorial.org, 911memorial.org. Uh, David, uh, for example, trees were sent to Las Vegas uh, after a gunman had killed 58 people, injured 400 more uh, back in 2019, or London, England, uh, Manchester, England, tragedies that occurred there, or uh, Orlando, Florida. Uh, Essentially all over the world, uh, this survivor tree uh, has touched uh, people and helped uh, remember uh, the tragedies that they faced 
uh, as we remember this morning, 20 years ago, uh, the tragedy of uh, of 9-11. David, if you can hold on a moment, we got to take a quick break. Uh, and then I want to get to the, uh, the story of uh, harvesting the seed and a little bit about the swamp oaks. They're also uh, on Memorial Plaza. If you can hold a moment, we'll take a quick break here on the Flower Land Show. And then more with David McMaster, Vice President, Division Manager for Bartlett Tree Experts. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Wood Radio's Flowerland Garden Show is on the air on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. All right, you're tuned in to the Flowerland Show, and uh, with us on the live line this morning, David McMaster, Vice President, Division Manager for Bartlett Tree Experts. We're talking about the Survivor Tree Seedling Program, and David. Um, when I ask you, first of all, funny story, you and I had a chance to chat and I got a kick out of this. I think our listeners would too, that uh, with the seeds that are harvested from this Bradford pear or this calorie pear, um, essentially a realization came along that uh, in the memorial, the combination of the survivor tree and the swamp oaks, you essentially created a forest there. And when you create a forest, uh, visitors move in. Is that correct? It is correct. And the, you have to remember that the first seeds were gathered from the survivor tree in 2013. So that's really only eight years ago. So that was the seeds that we got that were gathered in 2013 were the first grouping of trees that were propagated. After that, we did, I think it was three different uh, harvesting of fruits, and, and we were relatively successful. But as you just pointed out, that area, what is now known as the plaza, uh, or the memorial, excuse me, was the plaza. The memorial previously was, uh, was, was all concrete, and now we've got hundreds of oak trees there, uh, swamp white oak trees, and we've got a lush canopy and this uh, this one beautiful Bradford pear. And along the way, squirrels have begun to proliferate there. So <laughs> what what we do at the John Bound School is we would harvest the we would harvest the fruit, bring it to the school uh, when the when the fruit was ready to uh, to uh, be taken apart and the seeds harvested from it. We would then grow those out in the greenhouse. One of the fellows that was responsible for the harvesting of the fruit in New York City. I think we're having a uh, problem with our connection here with uh, with David. We've lost our connection. David, are you there? All right, let's uh, let's put him on hold. Uh, Dusty, if you could try dialing David back up here a minute, let's give that a try. We're talking to David McMaster. Uh, in New York about the uh, about the Survivor Tree Seedling Program. And uh, as a matter of fact, for folks that are interested, as I understand it, the John Bowne School that David refers to uh, is uh, in uh, the Flushing neighborhood of, uh, of Queens. Uh, David, are you there? Yes, I am. Can okay. you hear me? Yes. I'm sorry. We, uh, we lost the connection there for a moment. Okay. So... For the past three years, we haven't been able to harvest any fruit, and we were concerned with what was going on. 
Earlier this summer, I had the opportunity to go in and gather what are referred to as bud sticks because we're going to do some grafting of the survivor tree, the mother tree, and uh, we were successful in, in gathering those, those bud sticks. While I was there, I looked for fruit, but upon my arrival to the, uh, to the memorial, I walk up to the tree. This is before it opens, and there visiting me are two squirrels, and they're munching away on the fruit of the, uh, the survivor tree. <laughs> the only fruit remaining, and this was in late July, early August, uh, were, the tr- were fruit that were on the very, very outer parts of the branches. And I thought that perhaps the squirrels just weren't agile enough. Uh, they were too heavy to get out onto the ends of those branches to gather that fruit. Hmm. I was successful in getting 25 pieces of fruit that are sitting in my refrigerator and will be working <laughs> on those uh, later on this fall to start the whole process again. So it's, a, it's, it's an ongoing process. We went from about 500 trees down to uh, less than 30 right now that we're holding in the uh, in, in the John Bound 9-11 um, hoop house. Yeah, that's, that's a great story. And, and how the squirrels <laughs> move into the forest that's created there at the memorial. David, tell us a moment about the swamp oaks that were planted when I've visited the memorial. I think these are just absolutely beautiful trees. Uh, we're chatting with David McMaster, Vice President, Division Manager, Bartlett Tree Experts. And, uh, David, you guys... Uh, care for those trees. Tell our listeners a moment about uh, what those swamp oaks are, uh, are like and why they were chosen. The swamp oak is a native uh, tree to the region, and they have a beautiful fall color, and it's a very tough, resilient tree. The memorial area is actually a wind tunnel, and it's, a, it's not a great environment for growing plants. And uh, we knew right off the bat that we needed a, a pretty tough tree. And white oak happens to be one of my, my favorite plants, and uh, the white oak was chosen. And it was decided that we were going to go with a monoculture as opposed to mixing it up, which was the original concept was uh, to mix it with sweet gum. So there was about uh, 10 to 15 percent of the population was supposed to be sweet gum. At the last moment, they decided, the uh, landscape architects decided to stick with the swamp white oak. And the, we've been very fortunate with the swamp white oak. It's done very well there. We've had to replace very few trees uh, since they've been installed. And uh, we believe that that's going to be a, a beautifully canopied forest uh, for a long time to come. Very interesting. You know, when I visited the uh, home of uh, Alexander Hamilton there in New York, number of sweet gums planted around it. It was a favorite tree of uh, Alexander Hamilton. Uh, and interesting that uh, that was one of the trees considered, but uh, then the swamp oak chosen. We're chatting with David McMaster, Vice President, Division Manager, Bartlett Tree Experts. Uh, David, if people want to learn more, of course, they can go to, to uh, 911memorial.org and uh, the Survivor Tree Project, uh, but also uh, Bartlett.com, uh, Bartlett, that's with two T's, .com, the Survivor Tree Seedling Program. Uh, David, thank you for, uh, for what you do and uh, keeping this tree living. Uh, like I say, it's, it's a symbol of, of hope and resiliency and uh, Certainly, uh, certainly stands uh, for hope and resiliency even today, 20 years as we remember today. Thank you for what you do. You're very welcome, and thank you for having me on the show today. Appreciate it. Thank you, David.
David McMaster, Vice President, Division Manager, Bartlett Tree Experts, the Survivor Tree Seedling Program. Again, uh, if you're interested, the high school is uh, the John Bowne High School in the Flushing neighborhood of Queens. Uh, Bartlett.com with two T's and uh, Survivor Tree uh, at the 911memorial.org. We're going to break here at the bottom of the hour and update you with the news and then your calls in the next half hour. Our number is 616-774-2424. Fall is the time to plant. And we'd love to chat with you about what you can do in your yard and landscape this beautiful weekend and in the coming weeks here on the Flowerland Show. The news is next. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to the Flowerland Show. It's Open Lawn Saturday, and the Flowerland Garden Show is taking your calls now at 616-774-2424. Now more of Wood Radio's Flowerland Garden Show. All right, the Flowerland Show on your Saturday morning, as we remember this morning, 20 years ago. 616-774-2424. We'll uh, open up the phone lines here in this half hour if you'd like to chat with us. We'd love to chat with you. That's the number. 616-774-2424. Each day we remember the victims, the families, the survivors dealing with the, with uh, the loss. Over the past 20 years, the men and women of our armed services, firefighters, police officers, and first responders lasting consequence of 9-11 on our individual lives through the past 20 years and in the years moving forward. I loved the quote from a lady I, I heard uh, interviewed. She, um, she lost her husband in the uh, attacks on, uh, on 9-11, and uh, she talked about how she would call her husband's cell phone just to hear his voice on the voicemail message, knowing she wouldn't get an answer. Uh, but she talked about the memorial and the memorial that we talked to David McMaster about and those trees. Uh, and I talked about how moving it is to, uh, to stand there on that site. And With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. She said uh, in that interview, there's never closure, but when I come here, when the wind blows, it's like he's kissing me. So that, is, uh, that really touched me when I, when I heard that, uh, that interview. So we remember uh, on this Saturday morning, 9-11, uh, 20 years ago today, 616-774-2424. Let's go back to uh, phone lines, and we're going to talk to Jerry calling from Ada this morning. Jerry, good morning. You're on the Flowerland ship. Good morning, guys. Um, my question is, um, this last um, week or so, I've been walking the dog, and I noticed the maple tree uh, leaves have been falling, and there's, like, spots of white on them. And finally, I looked, picked one up yesterday and looked at it, and there's, like, fuzz and little globs of white. And what is it? <laughs> Interesting, It's Jerry. all on the boulevard. Yeah, you know, we're going to see that. Uh, we're going to see both white fuzzy spots and black spots, guys, on these okay. maple leaves at this time of the year. And we get it. It's, it's fungus. And, and we get powdery mildew is very common. Um, you, you get a tar spot. It's, it's all weather related. And the good yeah, news, okay. the overall good news is it doesn't hurt the trees. And at this point okay. in the year for the leaves to start falling now, the little bit that's going to fall, not a big issue. Um, we do encourage people who are having this in their happening in their yards to clean up that leaves so that 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 fungus doesn't overwinter and debris on yeah. the ground and stuff. But it's it's part of nature. It won't okay. hurt. Yeah, it it, it it's It'll, it's weird looking, but it doesn't hurt the trees at all. Yeah, when foliage falls okay, off. Okay, because I haven't noticed it in, in you know prior years. Yeah, lots lots of we get a little mildew in the back once in a while on a couple maples, but this was so different. I I just thought first it looked like paint or something. But um yeah, okay. Well good. And Um, also Jerry Jerry uh, Jerry, I wanted to mention to you, Doug, it point brings out the uh the point that uh maple tree is a very dense canopy for correct. a shade tree correct. right correct and it doesn't yeah. need all the foliage but it just shows that the trees under a little stress as well and the area yeah. you described you know in parkways uh, close to sidewalks close to roads it, we haven't had a lot of rain you know yeah you know doug if you take a parkway and then you add to that the weather that we had in august these uh these trees you know i'm amazed at the amount of water that a tree that size a large shade tree draws from the ground and so they do experience stress during they should have and they don't have exactly yeah and then you got the heat from the the humidity humidity humidity. you you know the breeze of the vehicles so yeah it uh, creates stress yeah yeah okay hey i've got another question go ahead jerry um my um um goldfinches they disappeared about two three months ago and i have no 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 visitors to my um, thistle feeders anymore. Take down the feeders. And take down the feeders for a while, Jerry, and uh, clean them out. Put them back up I, again yeah. in a few weeks, and Jerry, probably you have the same situation that Christy has. As a matter of fact, as I was rolling down the road yesterday, if you're observant and you're looking up, 
I can't, Christy, I can't believe the number of Cooper's hawks and other I hawks I see, red tail hawks circling around. I still have my flock of hawks. I get no birds at my feeder. The only thing they don't go after is the oh. The only thing they go. Yeah, with, and I don't. Yeah, I don't see any hawks. I just don't. Well, you gotta you gotta watch for them. But the, the only thing they don't go I, after is the hummingbirds because the hummingbirds are so small and they dart into the plants right. that yeah, they're as, safe. As a matter of fact, uh, those finches are smart. They're smart. They're, and they're avoiding. We might not see them, but they're right. aware. If they're gone. There's well, and I was going to mention when you talked about cleaning out feeders with all the humidity we had. Um, things like black oil, sunflower, and thistle have lots of oils in them naturally. They create mold very quickly, yeah, and then the birds won't touch true. the seed. Exactly. Thanks for your call, Jerry. Carl is next. Our number is 616-774-2424. Good morning, Carl. Carl's calling from Cedar Springs this morning. Good morning. How are you today? Stand grounded, Carl. What's going on? There you go. Um, long story, won't get into it, but I ran across uh, a raspberry bush and I think a blackberry uh, bush, and I picked them up at a yard sale, and they should have been planted last spring. Is it too late to plant them? If, no. If they're still alive, go ahead. Get them in the ground. Amend the soil a little bit. Get some healthy soil you know, mixed in with your parent soil. And then water. Water is going to be the key because we have, as Doug and Rick have both mentioned, we've been dry in certain areas. Um, going into fall, they store a lot of, of nutrients. They store a lot of antifreeze, as it were, in the form of water. So water them good. All righty. Thank you very much. Have a blessed day. All right. You too. Have a blessed day, Carl. Thank you very much. 616-774-2424, our number here on the Flowerland Show. Brings up the point, people are thinking about moving plants or putting new plants in the ground. The perfect time of the year to, uh, to establish some plants in your landscape, and we'd encourage you to do so. Ray is calling in this morning from Grand Rapids. Ray, good morning. You are on the Flowerland Show. Well, thank you for taking my call. You bet. So my uh, wife was thinking that I had just underwatered our lawn through various vacations. And this morning, um, I went and touched some of the brown spots, and the grass just came up in my hand. And I looked underneath there, and there's these little white things crawling around uh, hey. just underneath the surface. Okay. In... And then I Googled it, and it said I have an infestation in, of, in, of grubs. An infestation of grubs. We call uh, Ray, we call them lawn shrimp. They're a gaggle they, they of grubs. They kind of look like shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. That's yeah. what I was thinking. We could bo boil them up and put them in a salad. Is that what you're thinking? Um, well, that's I've, not funny. Some people do eat them, but they don't. They Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> they taste awful. They taste they awful. Okay. Yes, they taste awful. Good, so but not but an excellent source of protein. <laughs> right, I'll bet they are. Yeah, right in the um, right. Now, I'll tell you one thing. If it's hot and dry, and many areas were very hot and dry in August heading into September, uh, it does compound the problem. The damage shows up. Exactly. Everybody, there's no such thing as a grub-free lawn, okay? that's We should establish that right now. Everybody's got grubs. It's just a matter of how many you have per square foot and what your lawn condition is as far as the amount of water and how much heat stress it's under. So um, the good news is, is this is a time of year when you can zap those grubs pretty quickly using something like Dilox, which starts to work almost immediately within 24 hours of putting it down. That'll wipe out the grubs that are there that are feeding right now. What you want to make sure is that next year you put it in your phone, like Rick said at the beginning of the show, 
put something in your phone to remind you to put down a season-long grub control. That way you'll continue to keep that problem away from year to year. But right now we want to zap them. We want to get rid of them. Um, they will chew the roots off the grass, and with the grass that's already under stress, you will see those big dead spots that will end up being big dirt spots in the spring. Christy, you could still apply Dilox, right? Correct. Now. Dilox is the way to go. It's D Y L O X. I oh E say that again. It's not a D, D like in dog. Y L O X. Is that a liquid or granular? That is a granular product. Okay, and then can I uh, overseed? Yet this fall? Yes. In fact, you're at an excellent time to put grass seed down from now till about the middle of right. October. Soil's warm. All the weed competition is pretty much over. And we do tend to get more rain going into September and October than we do um, during the summer months. So you're at an excellent time to overseed. And the insecticide you're going to put down will not hurt the grass seed. Okay. All right. Hey, thank you very much. Thanks. For, thank thank you. you very much, Ray, for your call. Appreciate it. You're tuned into the Flowerland Show. Rick Doug Christie on your Saturday morning. Before we head to break, uh, did want to mention and keep those calls coming 616 774 2424. Interesting human nature, social media, tracking that in this past week. Uh, it was interesting as residents frantically evacuated uh, from the approaching Caldor fire in South Lake Tahoe. Um, uh, residents, a number of residents pulled garbage cans out to the curb. So they left because there's an approaching fire. Who do you think moves in? The Bears. The right? Bears. <laughs> the Bears. The Bears. As a matter of fact, the Bears uh, pigged out garbage pickup wasn't scheduled for four to five days and if there's a wildfire coming and i'm a garbage guy i'm not gonna go pick up your trash anyway correct they also <laughs> evacuated and they needed to because of Obviously. the fire and so what did the bears do they helped themselves to a rare feast they had a heyday and i guess the garbage on the streets and the mess when a bear of course gets into a garbage can it is a mess, right? <laughs> but here's the interesting thing, and it's been interesting to follow in social media, and that is uh, there were people uh, complaining about the fact that the Bears had made such a mess. Well, I would say that 95% of people in social media came to the Bears' defense. <laughs> Don't blame the Bears. Say, if you put your trash out, they will come. I mean, come on. They're just hungry. They want to eat. survival instinct. Yeah, and they're dealing with a wildfire, too. And so it was just interesting in social media to see how people piled if, on coming to the defense If you want to see something similar in a human interaction, go to a breakfast buffet when they bring out the fresh <laughs> bacon. When the fresh bacon comes out, it's the same thing. Oh, Christy. We'll take a break here on the Flowerland Show. Our number 616-774-2424. Rick Doug Christy on your Saturday morning. Don't forget to visit myflowerland.com. New blog post, Dig Drop Done. And also, of course, you can get the Flowerland Show podcast right there at myflowerland.com. We will uh, we'll be right back. It's the Flowerland Show on your Saturday morning. Stay tuned. If you plant it, mow it, or grow it, they know it. Now, more of Rick, Doug, and Christy and the Flowerland Garden Show on Wood Radio. Singing the same old song. I know every crack. 
Thank you, my friends, for tuning in the Flowerland Show and making the Flowerland Show a Saturday morning habit. Our garden party as we get together each Saturday. Reminder, share that podcast, all right? Get it right there at myflowerland.com or wherever you get your podcast. Our engineer producer extraordinaire, John Ilk, does that on a weekly basis. And thank you, John, as we share that across the fruited and rooted plant. Hey, let's hear you sing this morning. friends you sound beautiful wonderful as you do every saturday morning thank you very much for your support of the flowerland show keep a smile on your face stay out there in the yard and garden enjoying the beauty that's all around all right let's go back to the phone lines our number 616-774-2424 up next Sarah is calling us from Kentwood. Sarah, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Good morning. Good morning. I have an area that's about 25 by 12 that is full of weeds. I'm wondering if it's too late to solarize the soil with black plastic. Well, in my opinion, it's never too late to solarize. I'm a big fan. All winter long. Yeah, I'm a big fan. As a matter of fact, Sarah, let me quickly mention. Uh, For folks, when we start to see the leaves fall off the trees, uh, one of my favorite things to do, I know there's not a lot of newspapers sitting around anymore, at least uh, fewer people get the newspaper today than used to, but whatever paper it may be. If you want to start a new garden bed and it's a lawn area, you don't want to have to dig up the turf, uh, in September and October, I would put paper down on the grass water it down so it doesn't blow away, and then throw uh, leaves on top of the newspaper and then soil on top of the leaves and let it cook all winter long. Come spring, the grass is dead, and you've got a new beautiful planting bed. But as far as solarizing, you could put the plastic down now. You've got all of September, October, and most of November when that sun's going to be beating down on that, that'll help you with the solarization. Exactly. So I would say, Sarah, it's never too late. Okay. I'm going to put grass seed in that area. Can I put preen down with grass seed no. at the same time? No. Preen will okay. prevent seed from germination of all kinds, so it would keep your grass okay. seed from germinating also. You'd have to wait till after the grass sprouted. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you so much for your help. All right. Thank you, Sarah. Appreciate that. 616-774-2424. Our number here on the Flowerland Show. By the way, I wanted to mention, I found this interesting this past week. The, uh, we mentioned the bears with that Caldor fire on the West Coast. I noticed that with some homes out there, they wrapped them in foil. And the homes survived uh, the fire. Now that's really, I mean, it may sound odd, but wrapping buildings with fire blankets or a luminized structure wrap, uh, almost like aluminum foil. Well, it doesn't. When you're doesn't putting something on the readily. grill, well, exactly. And so, large burning embers, 
that may land on the home. And there's also, of course, thermal uh, radiation. But there's a lot of people who are looking at this. Um, and in these areas that are prone to these forest fires, uh, they're looking at foil-wrapped houses. And, and it's not... It's not tin foil, but no, it's, it's, years, a, it's an engineered foil. Years ago, we foil. talked about the invention of the TV dinner, and that that was like an. We used to be those were all in foil pans with foil tops on them because you could stick it in the oven; it wouldn't burn. <laughs> and uh, another thing, as far as the weather is concerned, we had the uh, the flooding, and uh, very tragic in the uh, up along the uh, the east coast. There are a number of people who lost their lives in the uh, the flooding that occurred with New Hurricane Ida and, of course, in New Orleans also. But it was interesting that uh, experts also believe that hundreds of thousands of rats may have also perished in the deluge. Uh, as a matter of fact, they're finding rats everywhere that were flushed up. You know, anyone who's been to New York, if you go down in the subway, Along the tracks, you'll see the rats there if you look closely. But many of these were washed up also in that tragic Is it okay if I don't feel bad for the flooding. rats? No, you don't have to feel bad. Thank for you, because I don't. Yeah, but <laughs> and I don't want to be a bad uh, person, but I don't feel bad for the rats. But rather interesting uh, how that happened. Today we, uh, today we remember 20 years ago, 9-11, and uh, talked to uh, David McMaster about the Survivor Tree Seedling Program. Again, if you want more information, Bartlett.com. Well, uh, the Survivor Tree Seedling Program. You know, and uh, we, the, we plant trees a lot of times for memorials, remembrances, to mark anniversaries, births of children. You know, it, we always plant, we talk about, you plant trees for the future. So if you wanted to plant a remembrance tree or a memorial tree to mark anniversaries, 20 years is a big one. So that would be a good time um, to plant one of your own memorial trees. Well, each day we remember the victims, the families, the survivors that are dealing with loss and the men and women of our armed services, firefighters, police officers, and first responders recognizing those lasting consequences of, of 9-11. I was reading author uh, Paul Greenberg, and he lives right near uh, the site of the 9-11 memorial in New York City, and uh, he grows a garden up on the rooftop. And he said uh, they replanted and soon bumblebees would gather and pollinate the crops and he'd see swallows and sparrows take up residence and feed on the caterpillars that try to munch on his uh, tomatoes. And he said, I got a few too many pigeons, but the hawks take care of that and the falcons. But uh, yeah, exactly. But you know, even snails, and uh, as a matter of fact, you would think they're in New York. He's on the tenth floor. How do they find him? Right? Exactly yeah. <laughs> with a balcony, uh, with a balcony garden. And as a matter of fact, he asked an ecologist, "How can snails be on my tenth floor garden?" Very carefully. He says, How could they have possibly made it to the tenth floor? And this ecologist, without missing a beat, said, "Very slowly." <laughs> very carefully see <laughs> very slowly but he said that's uh how you make a garden work at ground zero very slowly feeling your way towards nature as it feels its way towards you even a place where the living world has been paved built and knocked over again and again nature Finds a way. Anybody who's ever seen a weed grow on a sidewalk crack knows that. You just have to listen for it. Watch for it. It's 
one of the reasons why we love nature. We remember today, 9-11, 20 years ago, and the lives that have been affected in the past 20 years and in years moving forward, we remember. Never forget. Have a great Saturday. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.